you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are here for another episode to help you take ownership of your career and your life. Today, we're talking about something a little bit different, the flip side of owning your career. And that's what happens, what do you do when you've been laid off, when you're unemployed, when you're out of a job and you're trying to figure out what is next? Well, that's what we're talking about today, as well as how to think about writing a book that's uh, kind of unrelated, but you'll see how it's related when we do get into this conversation. My guest today is Sabina Sulat, who is the author of the new book, Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work. Sabina is a longtime HR and learning and development professional. She's worked in large companies. She's been a consultant for companies. And in 2020, Sabina recognized the impact of COVID-19 was having on the American worker, forcing millions of people to lose their jobs in the wake of the pandemic. And inspired by her own prior experience of having been out of work, Sabina's been laid off a couple times. She began working on a book to help others navigate the path of being unemployed. So as I mentioned, Sabina recently published her book, Agile Unemployment, and she is dedicated to helping those who are unemployed navigate uncertain waters. So if you are unemployed right now, you've been unemployed, you're in transition, or you know some people who are in transition, you want to check this out and maybe get Sabina's book as well. I have known Sabina now for about a year. We connected on LinkedIn. She joined my membership community called the Talent Development Think Tank, and I've watched her go through this process of getting this book out there into the world, and I'm just excited for her and for all the people she'll be able to help and that she'll be able to impact. And I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation as well. A couple quick notes. Number one, we recorded this live on LinkedIn. So you may hear me ask, answer a couple of questions or address a couple of comments that came in. And the second thing is that, you know, I have a book as well called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I also have a lot of free resources available to you to help you take ownership of your career. And I would love for you to come check them out. They include the five steps to owning your career, the three questions to ask anytime you face a big challenge like getting laid off, and the top five most common career mistakes that people make. You can get all of that and more by going to our website, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. You can get all those bonus resources. You'll also get a couple emails from me uh, and be added to our email list. We're sending out information on, from time to time about different things going on, including the Own Your Career Virtual Summit that we recently hosted, as well as any live events we have coming up, and just great advice that I'm posting on social media or coming up with or sharing with my followers and that I think can be helpful to you as well. So... Make sure you go sign up. Make sure you go get those bonus resources. And if you're unemployed, make sure you go get Sabina's book as well after you listen to this interview. All right. Without further ado, here is my interview with Sabina Salat, author of Agile Unemployment. Enjoy. Okay. Welcome, everybody. I am live with Sabina Salat, who is the author of the new book, Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work. Sabina, welcome to the show. Thank you. I have been waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this too. This is this is exciting for many reasons. You know, being an author myself, I love supporting friends when they put out new books and you and I have known each other for a little while now. Yes. But it's also very exciting because of kind of the 
etymology of how this happened. And so we should probably take people back to the beginning to, uh, yeah. I don't know, about 18 months ago. Um, how, did this, how did this book come about? Well, this, this is the classic story of one interaction can change your life in cataclysmic ways, but all for good. Uh, one day, this request came into my LinkedIn box of Andy Storch would like to connect with you. And, you know, I don't accept every request to connect and something about looking at your profile, like he seems like a great guy. And I connected with you. Okay. And <laughs> that was the start of, you know, the butterfly wings and something changes on the other side of the world. And that was it. Oh yeah, I it all starts with a connection, right? In, yeah. in life, I always remember, and I mentioned this in my book. A friend of mine named Ben Kiloy used to say, "You're only one connection away from changing your life or changing the rest of your life, right? One conversation yes, away." And and this is seriously, had I I think about this a lot now, where would I be had I not accepted that connection request from you? Yeah. So where did that go? Because after that we connected. And then I remember interacting after I did a live interview like this with Honoré Corder. I know. And that's, this is the funny thing. I had a job where I had absolutely no free time. I had a three hour commute, total trip. And I was sent home because of COVID and I got a ping on my phone that, you know, Andy's live and you were interviewing Honoré. And I thought, wow, I never get to be home at two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time it was. And I listened and the conversation was fascinating. And both of you were so enthusiastic and you made it seem like anybody could write a book. That's right. And at the, I write about this in my book. At the same time, a friend texted me to make sure I was okay in COVID. And I mentioned, I'm listening to this great podcast. I wish I'd written that book about being out of work. And he texted back and he's like, you could still do that. And I started writing that night and then I reached out to you saying you've inspired me and that started this crazy friendship. Yeah, that's right. So you're referring back in, I think it was March timeframe yes. after the lockdown, I started a, a live LinkedIn live series where I was doing live interviews every day for about a month. And yes. one of my guests was Honoré Corridor, who has published over 50 books. She's a book coach and, and mentor. And I went through her course to, to write and publish my book. And so I was interviewing her and I, you know, my book had been out for a few months and we were talking about the whole process. And Honoré believes, as I do, that anybody can write a book, right? It's just about a matter of like getting clear on what you want that book to say and do and managing the process and everything. And I remember messaging with you and you said, well, I've had this book on my mind for, you know, several months or years now, and I just haven't really done anything but I'm going to get started again. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Let me know how it goes and what I can do to support you. And you did to your credit, you went out and you wrote the book and here we are some 18 months later and it's a real book. It's in my hand. 272 pages later. And uh, I interviewed you for the book. You provided some amazing insight into networking that I still tell to people. But so many other things, it's beyond the book. It's connecting with you, the learning community. You've given me incredible encouragement and advice. So has Honoré. Mm -hmm. And that came from you asking her to. And to me, I now, that's my thing, is now I'm trying to get anyone I know to write a book. I had a virtual launch party because we still can't get together. Yeah. And I've had this friend for ages. He was the first person I met at college. And he, when the call ended, the launch party ended, he made the comment that 
I had inspired him to write a book. And of mm. all of my friends, this is the one who should write a book. Yeah. He is actually a writer for a living. And he has a phenomenal story to tell. And I told him, I wrote him the next day, I'm like, I'm not letting this go. The experience of just writing a book is tremendous. It's, you go through the gamut of human emotions of frustration, fear, anger, anxiety, joy. <laughs> and it's right. all worth it in the end. I think right. you and I can both say that. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, before I do, we do have a few people who are watching, listening live. If you have oh, yeah. a question for Sabina or me about writing a book, about owning your career, about managing unemployment, right. feel free to drop that in the chat. We would love to hear from you. And I do want to get to your book, Sabina, and talk about agile unemployment and how to manage that for those who are out of work or have been out of work or know people who are out of work. But before I do, you said everyone can write a book, everyone should write a book, your friend should write a book. You said it's worth it. Why do you say that? Why do you think it's, because it is a lot of work. Why do you think it's worth it? It's a tremendous, it's way more work than you think it's going to be. And in some ways it's easier than you think it's going to be. I looked at it as like the longest term paper I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes you think about things. First of all, this was never the book I thought I would write. I always wanted to write a book. I had a topic in mind and I will do that book, but it kind of takes over. I've talked to a couple of other authors, some who are friends of ours, mm -hmm. and we say like, it's almost like it's this thing that has to come out of you. Mm -hmm. But the sense of accomplishment of you've written a book and Honoré says this where people look at you differently. And I'm not saying you should do this for the accolades or anything like that, but I love the stat of all the people in the world who want to write a book, only 3% actually follow through. Mm. And to me, that's so sad because think of all these untold stories or pieces of advice that don't come out. And you not only owe it to whoever your audience is, but to yourself to take the time to protect your writing time and actually have this sense of accomplishment. It's it's this amazing feeling. I almost quit and I'm so glad I didn't. I, I had the book done and I was like, I can't do it. I just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. So glad I persevered. Thank you, Andy, for your support well, and help and anyone else who helped me. But it's you're amazing. Welcome. You're welcome. Let me ask why when you said you got the book done mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, I don't think I can actually put this out there. Why was that? Uh, a whole host of things. I think part of it is, and I'll be honest, do I really want to be an author? Do I want my life to change that way? And I was terrified of that. I, it's very cozy and comfortable to not follow through. It's a little hard to be kind of daring and jump off the cliff. Yeah. And I, I describe, I was describing this yesterday. I did the jump off the cliff almost out of necessity then I realized I wasn't really jumping off a cliff anyway. It it was the easiest transition. It was, I felt this shift of you go one day, you're somebody who's doing what you think everyone else is doing of writing a book. And the next day you put it on Amazon, you launch it, you have a party and everything. And you're, you're an author. You're an author. And I noticed people now look at me differently. I, hmm. the conversations I have are very different, but the biggest thing is that sense of accomplishment. Yeah. 
And it took friends to point that out to me. Yeah. Like, look what you've done. You, yeah. you put all this to all these thoughts together, you know, you organized it and you published it and it's a big deal. And I, I appreciate your, your honesty about why you hesitated. You know, obviously a lot of people hesitate because of fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of rejection, right? Like, what if I put this out there and people hate it, but we don't talk uh, that much about the other side. What if this is successful? You know, what if this does help people? What if this changes me? And people are afraid of that as well. Exactly. And I went through that. I did go through the, what if people hate it thing? Because mm -hmm. your friends are going to tell you, oh, it's fabulous. It's I great. love it. And they're like, yay, that's why you're my friend. Right. <laughs> but it is the strangers. It's I'm having people reach out to me saying, I read this and it helped me. Mm. And that alone to me was like, wow, that was worth it. Yep. And, and so many new opportunities open up when you are an author, when you have that book yeah. for me. I mean, just this week, I'm hosting, I'm working on interviews and stuff for a, a virtual summit I'm hosting next week, but also I'm doing two paid keynotes today for uh, a large company, the World Bank, and I've got a big webinar for Zoom on Thursday. And, you know, these, these opportunities, I don't know if they come without having the book, not to mention, more importantly, the feedback and the impact that we can make in helping people. So I, I will share with you, there was an organization where I applied for work and I interviewed, and this is going back a little while, mm. and obviously I didn't get the job. They recently reached out to me that my book had come across their desk mm. and I got this, oh, we would love to have you come in and do all these things for us. And oh, I pointed out to them like, you, you know, you interviewed me for a job and <laughs> I didn't get it because I was deemed not kind of at the kind of, how can I put this, the standard at which you felt your employees should be at. And now right. you're going to roll out the red carpet for me to yeah. come in as a subject matter expert. Right. And I will take that any day, but the yeah. irony of that is hysterical and rather satisfying. It is funny how these things work. Yeah. But, you know, so they made the, the right decision for them at the time. And now exactly. you know, it's really cool that they are inviting you to come back in and share your expertise. Okay, let, let's get into your book a little bit okay. because you have this experience that probably millions of people have, yep. but don't talk about it, right? There's a lot of shame around this idea of being laid off or being unemployed. And while I'm getting into that too, by the way, we had a, a couple of comments in the chat from Paul Zamara who said, I've been unemployed several times due to market downturns, mass company layoffs, companies that went out of business and downsizing. Luckily to say, though, I've been laid off. I've never been fired, but still being laid off can be really tough for a lot of people. So, so why did you write this book in particular? It came out of my own experience. I lost my job to a reorg. That's the polite way of saying it. And I'll say this again. I'm a highly flawed human being, but I always thought in the work world, I rocked it. And when I no longer had a place to go, no longer had this identity, I had never been out of work since I was a teenager and it was so every emotion, it was painful. I had loss of identity. I was too embarrassed to tell people and no one teaches you how to be unemployed. And there's so many aspects to it. There's this administrative layer of you have to file for unemployment and your health benefits and food assistance sometimes how to manage your budget. And then there's that psychological uh, feeling you get, like, you're right, shame is the emotion. 
Why do people people feel shame when they've done nothing wrong? Yet we have been taught that being out of work is one of the worst things that can happen to you. And worse, we're taught it's one of the worst things you can do is to be out of work. And you're like, wait a minute, I had no control over this Mm -hmm. most of the time. Because if you actually did get fired through your own recourse, you don't feel shame. (laughs) And we don't talk about it. How many people are out of work right now? And between the great resignation, COVID, normal org changes, and we don't have open conversations about being out of work. And I don't understand that. Hmm. And then I do understand it because I, of course, I lost my job right before a college reunion, which nothing says success when you go into a college reunion is telling everyone you lost your job. And I live in the town of my alma mater. People were staying with me and I we went through most of the weekend before I finally told everybody. So this is the situation. And of course, they were supportive and loving, but I felt that embarrassment and we shouldn't. We should have these normal conversations about being out of work, how to build resilience so that when you go back to work, you're strong, healthy, and you can focus on that new job. Yeah, absolutely. And you you talk about a little bit about the the kind of the stigma of being out of work. And my thoughts on it are is that, you know, the way we are designed and how civilization has been for a long time is we want to be productive yeah. parts of society, right? So if we if someone says to us, essentially we don't need you anymore, then it's kind of a, it's a shot to the ego. And there's people have a hard time with feeling like they're not contributing. But there's something worse than that that I write mm. about. So there's a term called enmeshment. Okay. And it's from the Harvard Business Review. And it means when you overly identify with something or someone. And most of us overly identify with our workplace or what we do. And one of the most common questions I get from clients is, how do I introduce myself now that I'm out of work? And the question I post back is, well, have you stopped being a nurse or a teacher or, and it's like, well, no, that's my passion. Okay. Well, just because someone's not paying you and you're not going to a place doesn't mean you've ceased to be that thing. So we spend more time at work than anywhere else. It gives us our routine, our passion, our purpose. It gives us benefits, pay, sometimes a social outlet. And when that's gone, we have no sense of identity. And I agree with you, a lot of it is ego, but also so much of it is, who am I right now? And we almost have to reconstruct ourselves as we move forward in order Mm. to survive. Yeah, as I've gone out and spoken with people and and really like, you know, long before I published my book, I noticed so many people tie their identity to the company they work Mm. for and the work they do. Can't tell you how many times I've gone to networking events and asked somebody, what What do you do? Who are you? And they immediately start talking about their company. Right? Well, what's the first question we ask little kids? What do you want to be when you grow up? And what if the child answered back, I want to be happy? Hmm. And we'd be like, but no, how do you want to earn a living? And Yeah, I don't care about your happiness. You, you, have, you have two kids, so maybe right. start like with yeah. them. But yeah. we're in, you're right. It's We're conditioned from you know the cradle of you have to identify with a profession. Look at all the last names that are based on professions. Yeah. 
Yeah. Smith and everything else. Um, I try not, I don't ask my kids that question. What do you want? But it is like, it's a fun question always it to is. talk to kids about. Right. But I, you know, I've, I've seen the other side of that, right. You're getting them to think already like, well, I have to pick something. And then at 18, you know, in, in the U S at least it's like, okay, go mm -hmm. to college and pick a major. That's the thing that you're going to work in. And it's like, Whoa, there's so many options. You have such a long career. It seems early for that. I had this flashback to the sixth grade where we were corralled into like this big uh, auditorium and we were shown these like world at work films and it was super cheesy, but at the sixth grade, they were trying to tell you pick a career. Mm. And what would have happened if you'd grown up to be what you decided you wanted to be in the sixth grade? I don't know. Well, I mean, for me, it would have been great because I'd be a professional baseball player. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way for me. Unfortunately, I quit when I was 15. That's on me. But I've I changed I careers several times and I'm, yeah, it took a while to get it right. And even now I just realized, wow, in the past 18 months, I've changed careers yet again. Which is totally fine, right? I mean, we yeah. like everybody's going to be these days changing careers a lot. You know, my mission, of course, is to get people to get really intentional about what they're doing with their career, right? And I often think that that moment of being like getting laid off or leaving a job for whatever reason and being unemployed, while it can be stressful and challenging, can also be an amazing opportunity yeah. to start to reflect and think about what you really want to do with your career and your life. Would you agree? I think you and I are both 100% proof of that because we have yeah. both done it and you were yeah. definitely an inspiration to me in that. Um, sometimes what you're doing is not what you should be doing. Mm. Yeah. Tell me more about that. What do you mean? What you're doing is not what you should be doing. So I had lost my job. I was head of learning for a very prestigious organization and I thought I had arrived. It was my, I was going to be this thought leader and I was going to use this as this springboard. And then I lost that job. I became very depressed. I wondered about, did I reach too far too fast? And it took me a while to get another job. It took me a year. I took a similar job, I actually traded up. I was working for a global organization. I was head of learning again. I, I liked being head of learning. And there was not the joy in it anymore. Hmm. Something happened to me while I was out of work. I changed and I enjoyed what I was doing. It was a great company, fabulous people, but something was missing. And I was already thinking about the book. I'd started the book and thinking, what else could I be doing with my life when they announced to me, yeah, because of COVID, we're not doing so well and we're letting people go. Mm. And my name was, you know, last in, first out. My name came up and a friend who had worked, who worked with me and who had read a very early draft of the book actually said, you know, all of us on the chopping block, you are probably the best suited for it. Yeah. I, you know how to handle it, right? And I thought, you know, you're right. It should be me because I'm not happy. Someone should have this job who's happy and I need to figure out what I want to do. And I hate to say this because it sounds so trite, but it really was a gift. Because I believe, I, I think that our challenges, if we have the right mindset, to turn our challenges into opportunities. There are so many opportunities there. I've seen it with other people, obviously with my own life as well. And it takes a little while sometimes, right? To, to look at it that way. Yeah. But I can't tell how many times I've seen people who got laid off. This is the perfect example, right? And then found something way better mm -hmm. and ended up in their dream career. 
And I was like, oh, you never would have found that if you didn't lose that job in the first place. And I think you're hitting on something that's really crucial. And I recommend that people who are not working out of work do. We look at this unemployment period as it's like walking on hot lava, like I've got to walk across the rocks as quickly mm. as possible and get to the other side. But this is really a time of reflection. And we're so, and I get the thing I need, I have bills, I need money, I need insurance, totally understand that. But the idea is that you should also take this time to reflect and decide, do I want to go back to being an accountant or do I want to go back to school and become a teacher? Do I want to work for another agency or do I want to work for a nonprofit, something like that? And maybe you go through all that and you're like, nope, what I was doing was what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. or could I be happier and still feed my family? Yeah. And that, that, that trade-off is amazing. So we got a couple comments in the chat. Paul mentioned that his career landscape <laughs> looks like an extra painting, <laughs> which is great because we have this kind of, we start our careers and this is not for everybody, but usually we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get into finance or L&D and I'm going to climb the ladder. I'm going to be manager and then director and then VP and it's all going to go perfectly. And of course it, it never does. And many of us end up moving around and doing a lot of different, like I've done a ton of different things. I know you've done some different things. You mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, being on your fifth different career, whatever it may be. I think I'm on my 10th and I'm the guy who's telling people how to own their careers. Right. But it's because I have all this experience yeah. doing these different things. Right. And, that, and I think those challenges give us that experience. Like you got laid off so that you could write about it in this book. And that leads me to this question that came in from Eileen Tavares. Hi, Eileen. Good to see you. Um, who asked, Sabina, can you expound on why it was a blessing for you that you got laid off that time? Yeah. So first of all, to Paul's comment, I'm picturing that Escher painting where the staircases lead nowhere. I love, I'm stealing that, Paul. I'm totally stealing yeah. that. Yeah. So why it was a blessing, um, Arlene, I never set out to be the unemployment lady. And this kind of came to me and I, I love the world of learning and I still keep a foot in that world. That was my chosen career path. And it was a it is a fabulous career for me. It's everything that I like doing, but it's helping people. It's learning myself. It's teaching. It's seeing, helping someone make their life better through knowledge, doing, um, increasing a skill. Now I do it in a completely different way. I have watched people transform their lives by taking them in their bleakest period. And unemployment is an incredibly lonely time even if you're surrounded by friends and family it's like you you know you think you could scream in a room and no one would hear you you feel that alone sometimes mm. and i get to help them i get to help them in the book i call it getting out of the hole and i write about that but i help them build resiliency i can't think of a better way to phrase it where you cannot necessarily prevent tragedy from happening to you, what you can do is make sure that you're about as bulletproof as possible, that you have confidence and strength. And that's why I love your book, Andy, because that's really what you're telling people is you are not this passive victim right. <laughs> in the work life. You actually have far more control than you know. Yep. And that's what I try to teach them in unemployment is, yes, this happened to you, but 
what you do next is up to you. There are some things I can teach you to make it a shorter period, definitely less harmful, mm -hmm. but let's move you on. Not maybe so think about it. If you leave a bad relationship and then you see someone else, but it's almost the exact same personality type, mm -hmm. you're going to repeat those same mistakes. I like to think that I help people figure out what mistakes not to make again and how to make sure that should they ever find themselves out of work again, because statistically it's going to happen again. Uh, just that's the way the world works. Mm -hmm. And if you come out of it and you know that just like me, you're prepared and you know, there's an end to this. It's not your existence. It's just this time period. Mm -hmm. So it's given me purpose. And I like to think I help other people. I love that. And reminds me of one of the things I talked about in my book, which is that there are many things in life that are outside of our control, right? Mm -hmm. Politics, the economy, what your company decides to do, even your your spouse and your your children. But what's in your control is how you react to things. Absolutely. Right? How you show up and what you do as a as a result. Yeah. And I think I think you and I would agree on this, Andy. Every emotion that you're feeling in that unemployment period is totally valid and justifiable. Mm -hmm. And that's something to learn from and honor it, but also use that as a springboard to move on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it reminds me of you know, my own challenges I've been through and in, in 2020, I wasn't laid off. I was running my own business, but my whole business got completely shut down yeah. by COVID. Right. And I took a couple of days to kind of cry about it and, and, you know, feel the feels. And then I was like, all right, well, let's let's go out and, and see what we can do with this. And I started networking with people and worked on pivoting. I ended up having my best year ever in business and then started 2021 with cancer. And again, it's like not something I chose, right? Yeah. But how am I going to respond to this? And I went out and did everything I could to beat that. And now I firmly believe, like you said, with being laid off multiple times, being unemployed multiple times, that that actually allowed you to go and write this book and go help so many other yeah. people. I truly believe that I got cancer so that I could help other people going through the same experience, which is why I share that stuff regularly. So I will remind you that I'd reached out to say, you know, congratulations, because this was right as the book was launching for you. Yeah. And I'm very honored that you shared with me what was going on with you health wise. Yeah. And I remember you even emailed me saying, you were going back and forth whether or not to share that with other people publicly. Yeah. But yeah. I loved about you that you said point blank, I think a lot of other people can learn from this and even just raise awareness for yep. people to go to checkups, be healthy. If something's going on, go to a doctor. Yep. And especially during COVID where people didn't want to go out and ignore right. that, right. that was such an important message that you sent to people. Well, that was very inspiring. Yeah, well, thank you. And I think the two things we're talking about are similar in that, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's getting cancer or being laid off, it's something that you don't choose, you wouldn't have chosen, but you can handle it, you know, a couple different ways. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it, right? I talked, many people reached out to me privately who said, I, I have cancer too. Yeah. I've never told anyone. Totally fine, right? I'm sure you hear from people who are like, I've time. been laid off, never told anyone. I don't even tell my spouse until I have mm -hmm. to, right? But then you and I, by sharing our experiences, get to be the ones who help other people get through that. There's a certain strength that comes with that vulnerability. Yeah. 
you know, and it's not easy. So you go back to why did I hesitate with the book? That was definitely a part of it. And I go back to, I tell very graphically about being let go. Mm -hmm. And I remember my editor sending me back and out like, are you sure you want to come off this way in the book? And my thought was, I absolutely have to because people who read this need to know I've stood in their shoes and yep. just how bad I know how bad it can get. Absolutely. So I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up. Okay. Before we do, we have a comment from another new author, Thane <laughs> Delamo, who says, hi, Savina. Um, hi, Thane. <laughs> don't say it like that. Shouldn't you be more excited? Hi, Thane. Hi, Thane. <laughs> he is, I've, I've made him like the unofficial uh, president of my unofficial fan club oh, uh, because he's been so supportive as well. But there's a little cadre of us authors now. Yes, that's right. We're very uh, prestigious. You mean in general, or are you a part of a certain group that, uh, that people You're invited in. Thane and yeah. I have a group. We're inviting you in. Got it. Okay. Well, Thane, you're both members of the Talent Development Think Tank community Absolutely. as well. And Thane has a new book that just came out, I think a week ago, Teamwork yes. in Talent Development. And we're going to have him on to, at the podcast to talk about that at some point. So Sabina, before we wrap up, who is this book for? What do you want people to get from this book? That is a great question. I originally wrote it for anybody who has lost their job. And then world events happened. And now we're talking about, you know, uh, the great resignation. And I actually saw something yesterday that called it the great reshuffling. Mm -hmm. of people, uh, you know, the great resignation is people choosing to leave their job. The great reshuffling is going from one job to another. And it's really anybody who has lost a job is thinking of leaving their job because I cover everything that you need to think about or what I, as most as I could, you're, again, how you can prepare for that, your budgeting, uh, things that you need to be aware of uh, as far as your health care. Uh, and this comes from my years of being in HR. And I actually worked for Health and Human Services in DC when they were authoring the Affordable Health Care Act. So I can walk you through an exchange. It's really anyone who's thinking of changing their career. And it's what you're going to have to cover, like extreme self-care. You're in a point of turmoil of probably stress. You need to take care of yourself. And when you're not working, you kind of feel guilty about that, but that's the time you need it the most. It's anybody who, if you know somebody who's lost their job or is changing careers to show you ways to support them, I have a whole chapter on that. So really anybody, you know, when you're supposed to pick the, who, who your audience is, I would just write down anyone. Yeah, anyone. Um, it's really written for Americans, but I've actually talked to somebody in the Middle East the other day who got a copy and wanted to talk about interviewing me for a course he's writing for students in the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, I'll do wow. that. I know. That is cool. Okay. So last question okay. for anyone listening who is maybe in between jobs right now, experiencing unemployment, out of work, or has a friend or a loved one who is out of work right now, what's what's one more piece of advice would you give? And maybe we can separate that to if you are out of work right now, and then if you know someone, how can you support them? Yeah. Okay. So if you are out of work right now, first of all, realize this isn't your entire life. This is just momentary. 
I think the best thing you can do is step back. I know this is hard and really be strategic and figure out what do you need? What do you want? And not just career wise, but to support you and sustain you. Like, do you need to make changes in your budget? Do you need to look at your health care? Um, do you need to look at education for uh, the next career? Uh, but you have to, you can't just jump in. You have to be mindful. So that would be one of the best pieces of advice. If you know somebody who's out of work, this is a tough one because you're kind of helpless. Mm. Um, you can give them every book in the world, including mine and Andy's and things, but each person is responsible for getting themselves out of that hole that I call it of unemployment, mm. continue to be supportive, but also don't forget to take care of yourself. If you're supporting them, you need to be strong for yourself and understand that you can't do this for them. Mm -hmm. I have great friends around me who were helping me, but I was solely responsible for finding myself another job. Yeah. Even if a friend had said, here's a job for you, take it. I am responsible for my well-being, my performance, my going into that job, being the best employee I could be. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. And if you do know people who are out of work, who are yeah. looking for the next job, you can't do work for them, but you can give them, can give some, them book. some guidance by giving them both of our books, Agile mm -hmm. Unemployment, and own your career, own your life, both of which would be very helpful. And, you know, if people are willing to sit down and read these books, so many ideas that can come from it. I and mean, you're learning from all this experience. So, and I also want to mention, I blog on my website and my website is reworkingworks.com. And I give advice about things you can do while you're out of work and things you can do to support others who are out of work. Reworkingworks.com? Yeah. Got it. Okay. It's on my LinkedIn. Look me up on LinkedIn. I'll consult with anyone. Love it. All right. So for those of you listening, if you want to get in touch with Sabina, connect with her on LinkedIn, as well as visiting her website, reworkingworks.com. We'll have a note in our link in our show notes. We put this episode out on the podcast. Sabina, thank you so much for being here, for sharing. This is just so fun. You know, we've come full circle from our first conversation. I've waited a year and a half for this. So it, was, <laughs> it went by so quickly. I'm like, we're done. Seriously, dude, it, it does go by fast, which is, uh, which is amazing. You. Amazing. Well, congratulations on the book. Yeah. Best of luck with everything. You know, I'm around to support you. I have five copies here and I'm going to figure out a way to give some of those away. Please. Uh, and I'm excited about people getting to read it and it making an impact and seeing how we can both continue to make the world a better place. So Sabina, thank you again for being here. For everybody out there watching, listening, get the book, Agile Unemployment, and make sure you get intentional with how you are managing your career. Own your career. Nobody else cares more about your career than you do, so you've got to own it. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Okay, that will do it for my interview with Sabina Sulat, author of Agile Unemployment, Your Guide to Thriving While Out of Work. If that's something interesting to you, go get the book. Support Sabina. It will help you as well. And leave a review. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Let her know that you enjoyed this interview. Make sure you're following me on social media as well. And if you haven't already, go get my book and the free bonus resources that we have available for you at ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. All right. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next time.